All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy Monday, everybody, and happy Memorial Day. Welcome to MPL Legal Dish. This is my Monday through Wednesday live broadcast where I teach business and legal concepts using pop culture and celebrity news. If this is your first time seeing my face or hearing my voice and you're like, who is this lady and why is she speaking? Uh, I'm Natalie Pierre-Lewis. I am the host of the show and I'm the owner and operator of MPL Consulting LLC, a business formation firm. What that means is I help people like yourself get your business paperwork together. So things like making sure you have your articles of incorporation with the state, making sure you have EIN numbers and DUNS numbers, getting your getting contracts for clients and partners, basic brand protection strategies so people don't steal your business ideas, um, and hiring and training strategies so you don't get sued for discrimination. I help you do all of these things. If you're wondering why I'm qualified to help you do all these things, I'm very happy you asked. I'm a licensed attorney. I've been one for 15 years and counting. I've started multiple businesses for myself and others, both online and offline. I've had many careers in the realms of entrepreneurship, the law, education, hospitality, and administrative support. And most important, I'm very passionate about making business and legal education as accessible to everyone as possible. Not everybody has the time, the money, or the desire to go to business school or to law school, but a lot of you have amazing business ideas and if you're going to be successful there are just some things that you need to know there's no way around it so that's why I'm here um and if you're in the startup phase of your business or you've got a business idea and you're like, I don't know where to start, or you know, you've been in business for a while, but you need to get your stuff together, you need to get legit so you can do things like establish business credit, get a business loan, get your products into big box stores, get government contracts, I want to help you do that, okay? So I want you to connect with me. Go to Linktree forward slash NPL Consulting Firm. There you can book yourself a free 15-minute consultation if you are a first-time client. Uh, as well at Linktree forward slash NPL Consulting Firm, you can download the free Biz Launch Cheat Sheet that will help you choose and start your dream business in seven days or less, okay? Um, Linktree forward slash NPL Consulting Firm is also where you can find your show merch, like your t-shirts, they come in black, white, and navy blue, and your mugs, um, I got my mug up here, I forgot to bring it down for the show, but the mugs, so, you know, if you want people to know how you got so smart, how you know so much about business, you know, pick yourself up a t-shirt or a mug. Um, also, Linktree forward slash NPL Consulting Firm is where you can pick up a lot of my digital products. Uh, like my video trainings and my ebooks. So this, this for the next couple of months, we're focusing on intellectual property, meaning like, like, so last month we talked about trademarks. This month we're starting on copyrights. So if you're interested in that kind of stuff, you're going to want to pick up, pick up the Protect Your Biz ebook bundle. It is, uh, $29.97 high liquid elites. Uh, if you go to Linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm, you get my trademark ebook, my copyrights ebook, and my patents ebook. All right. So Linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm is how you connect with me. It's also where you can subscribe to the YouTube channel and the podcast. So if you ever miss a live broadcast, you can catch up on, uh, you know, at your leisure. Okay. All right, now that I have shilled my wares, we are moving on to the reason why we are here tonight. Here's how the show works. I saw a couple of new names tonight, so I want to, hello, Leaks Dope. So I want to um, uh, tell you guys how this how this uh, show goes. So what happens is I pull stories from the news, high King Tax Services, stories from uh, blog sites, stories that you guys send me, 
and um, we pull stories that have lessons that we can learn as business owners uh, and we discuss them. So this is a time for you to get involved. This is a time for you to ask your questions and give your comments as long as they are respectful. Put them in that comment box. I will be asking for emojis. I will be asking for your opinions on things. So I need you to stay ready. Make a beat. I am not a rapper. <laughs> but yes, um, so as long as you're not driving, you know, I'm going to be asking you some questions. Please feel free to, uh, you know, I, it's more fun when we are all in on the discussion. Okay. So, uh, uh, before we even start with our stories tonight, like I said, this month we are starting a new topic. Yes, I know it's still May. We got one more day. But um, we're starting a new topic this month. We're starting copyrights. A lot of you out here are so creative. You are songwriters, you are artists, you are writers, you are choreographers, uh, you are photographers, you are, you know, all manner of creative beings out here. And you need to know how to protect your work, okay? So we're going to be talking about copyrights for the entire month of June uh, and today, the last day of May, all right? So if you have any friends who are creators, make sure you have them tune into the show Monday through Wednesday. Also, make sure that they pick up the Protect Your Biz ebook bundle so they can learn all about, you know, copyrights and things like that. But today, our NPL nugget, we are just going to define what a copyright is today, okay? So a copyright is um, just, it in simple terms, it is the legal right to use something that someone has created. So if you are a, um, a, a, excuse me, a songwriter, right, and someone wants to use your song, they have to get a copyright license. If you are an artist who makes visual art and someone wants to make a print of that, they need your permission to do so. That is, they need a copyright license. If you are a choreographer and you have a dance that has been performed in front of an audience by professionals and has been recorded, that is something that is copyrightable, okay? So there are tons of things that a copyright can protect and it is a, a um, at its core, just the legal right to be able to use uh, those creative things, all right? Um, now, if you want more information on copyrights, you can go to linktree forward slash NPL Consulting Firm, pick up the Protect Your Biz ebook bundle. Um, it, you get the trademark toolkit, the copyright ebook, and the patents ebook, and as well, um, or also tune into the show because I will be continuing these uh, little nuggets of information at the beginning of every show. All right? All right, let's move on to our stories. First story tonight. Uh, everybody put a Nigerian flag in the comments for me. Everybody put a Nigerian flag in the comments. I don't care if you're from Nigeria, just give me a Nigerian flag. And if you got any Nigerian friends, you know, bring them on into the discussion because I want to hear from them as well. Um, okay. Uh, and while you guys do that, I want, um, if any of you have been watching me for a while, you may remember the story that we did about, uh, Disney, um, and how they trademarked the phrase Hakuna Matata, which is a Swahili phrase. And people in Kenya, you know, got very upset when, when they found this out. Now they found this out about 20 years after the fact, but you know, um, they were still like, bro, what are you doing? Right. Um, and, you know, there's been back and forth about that. Disney is not about to let go of the Hakuna Matata trademark. They're like, girl, do you know how much money we make off of this? Blah, blah, blah. But um, moving on, uh, we have another case of, uh, you know, someone trying to co-opt culture. 
Um, I asked a question in my stories today. I asked you guys what is the second largest ethnic group um, in Nigeria. Uh, now, nobody answered the question um, this time. I think somebody answered on Friday. But does anybody want to give a guess as to what is the second largest um, ethnic group in Nigeria at this time? Yes, thank you very much, Sincere39. Correct, Yoruba. So, um, so anybody who has Nigerian friends, you know, you may hear them say that they are Yoruba or Igbo or Hausa or something like that, right? So it's it's a group w- within the country of Nigeria, just how, um, like anywhere else. Hello, open arms cleaning. Anyway, if you didn't know, um, has anybody heard of the company Timbuktu Global? Have you heard of Timbuktu Global? They are a clothing company. Um, I'm pretty, I, I've heard of Timbuktu. I feel like they do like outerwear, like, you know, sport, sports, like winter coats and things like that. If you've heard of Timbuktu, give me a T in the comments, okay? Um, whether or not you've heard of Timbuktu Global, Timbuktu Global is a British clothing company. And, um, some time ago, they actually trademarked the word Yoruba. Um, and not only that, they tried to prevent a British Nigerian citizen, um, from naming her cultural program Yoruba Stars. Uh, now this woman's name was Gebemi Sola Isimi, right? Um, and, uh, so, so yeah, so this clothing company was like, you know what, we like this cute little name, Yoruba, the, the name of the second largest ethnic group in Nigeria, and we're going to take it and trademark it and make products with that name. And as, and once someone who was an actual, you know, uh, member of the Yoruba ethnic group was trying to make their own program, they were like, uh, skrr, on 22s, we, you know, have already trademarked this. So now... Timbuktu Global legally has the right to the name. They 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 did it, quote unquote, fair and square, um, you know, and filed the paperwork. But there has been such a social backlash because of the fact that they are essentially co-opting a cultural name that Timbuktu Global has said that they are going to surrender their trademark, meaning they're saying, look, this Yoruba trademark, we're letting it go. We're not going to enforce it. Take it back, please. Stop yelling at us. Um, so yeah. So I want to know what, what do you think about, what do you think about people trademarking cultural names? Do you think that this is something that should be allowed? Because this is not, um, this is not the first um, instance, and I'm sure it's not the only. Like I said, we talked about Disney and Hakuna Matata, um, and now we have Timbuktu trademarking, you know, Yoruba. Somebody get somebody Nigerian in here, please. Um, <laughs> there was actually a whole, there's actually a whole social media campaign. If you go on Instagram, the hashtag Yoruba is not for sale was trending for a while. Um, but yeah, but this is, while I, I do not agree, <laughs> yes, skirt on 22s, uh, while I do not agree with Timbuktu ever registering the word Yoruba in the first place, this is the power of intellectual property, 
while they have no cultural ties to the word Yoruba, they went through the legal processes of obtaining the rights to that word for their clothing brand so much so that they were able to, you know, basically prevent, hello, Queen Tigua, they were able to prevent an actual Nigerian of Yoruba descent from, you know, naming their show after their own people. So Timbuktu Global is going to be surrendering their Yoruba trademark, um, you know, and, uh, you know, I hope Nigeria gets all their money. All right. <clears throat> okay. Moving on to our next story of the evening. Um, uh, th- th- has anybody watched the Netflix series Outer Banks? Or has anybody been to the Outer Banks? The Outer Banks, if I'm not mistaken, are in North Carolina. Um, but yes, if, uh, has anybody seen the Netflix series Outer Banks? Outer Banks. Just give me a yes or a no. Okay, thank you. Open Arms Cleaning said no. Since it is in Florida. Outer, there's an Outer Banks in Florida? Or am I just mistaking the place? Geogra- geography is not my strong suit since C39. Yes, the one about the kids. Um, I thought it took place in North Carolina. Don't mind me. If I, if I'm wrong, okay, because I have not watched it. And actually, I posted in the, the the poll in the comments. I asked how many of you, if any of you had watched it, and everybody said no. <laughs> um, essentially, at its core, the series Outer Banks on Netflix is a a, a story about a, a group of four people who go on a treasure hunt. Right? Um, wait, Miss Hayes Tech said, "Oh, I think we're going back to the the Yoruba story." Ms. Hayes Tech said they need to do their research. First, it's just disrespectful and not to make it a racial matter. But why they always got to try Africa? Ms. Hayes Tech, I said the same thing, girl. Okay? No. Uh, you are not the only one. I said the same thing. Like, I was I was initially going to name um, this episode, Haven't You Taken Enough Britain? That was going to be the name of the episode. Um but excuse me moving forward yes we are talking about the the netflix series outer banks right and like i said the premise of the story uh roughly is about four people who are going on a treasure hunt kels butter agrees as well um well netflix was sued by a a teacher (laughs) netflix was sued by a teacher named uh hold on china's buying up i have heard since 839 i know china Look, we got to repatriate. We got to we gotta take Africa back, all right? <laughs> but no, we got to concentrate. I got to get back to this story. You guys are putting me off track. All right, there's a teacher by the name of Kevin Wooten. He saw the series Outer Banks come out on Netflix, and he was like, ooh, they stole my idea, because Kevin Wooten wrote a book some years ago named Pennywise, The Hunt for Blackbeard's Treasure. And he launched a copyright infringement suit against the Netflix crew responsible for Outer Banks. And his theory was that when they were, you know, filming and scouting, they were close to a bookstore that sold his book and they found the book and basically stole the ideas. Um, So he sued Outer Banks, um, Netflix's Outer Banks for copyright infringement because he said his book, Pennywise, The Hunt for Blackbeard's Treasure, it too was about four people 
on a treasure hunt. And how dare you, Netflix, take his book premise and go make a show about it, right? So, do you think that that was a sufficient, um, that that was sufficiently specific enough to warrant a copyright infringement suit? Kevin Wooten basically said, I wrote a book about four people looking for treasure, and this show is about four people looking for treasure, and it takes place in the same place, therefore it's copyright infringement. Do you think that is enough? Um, hold on. While you guys give me your answers, let me read these comments. Kels Butter said, that let us all know that there is riches and has always been riches in Africa. Greedy people get on my nerves. Me too. Ms. Hayes Tech said, Outer Banks is in North Carolina. You are correct, by the way. Thank you. Okay. Woo, I ain't that bad at geography. Okay. But yes. Um, do you think the fact that both of these stories have to deal with four people looking for treasure is specific enough? Open Arms Kidding said, no. You are, you agree with the judge. The judge dismissed this copyright infringement case. The judge said, look, um, girl, do you know how many stories there are out here about people looking for treasure and about four people looking for treasure? On top of this fact, um, Wooten's lawyers tried to, try to compare one of the characters in the, um, in the Netflix series Outer Banks to, um, to an animal character in the dog, um, in the book that Wooten had written. And the judge was like, y'all are really reaching for grasping for straws here and dismissed this copyright infringement case with prejudice, meaning that Mr. Wooten cannot file this copyright infringement case again. Okay. Um, so I want to know from you guys, do you think the judge made the right decision or is, you know, the mere broad idea of people looking for treasure, is that a specific enough, um, is that a specific enough, uh, premise for a book to warrant protection or is it too broad? How many stories can you name me about four people hunting for treasure, right? Let me know what your thoughts are about that. Let me know what your thoughts are. What's going on on Facebook? There's like, I mean, is, is there like a Facebook party I don't know about? Where is everybody? Um, okay, Instagram, y'all holding it down today. Let me know what you think. Do you, like, Open Arms Cleaning said, like, it, it's too broad. Anybody else have an opinion? It's four more of y'all in here. I can see the numbers. <laughs> All right. All right. I'll leave y'all alone. Uh, before we move on to our next story, I want to remind you guys that you are watching NPL Legal Dish. This is my Monday through Wednesday live broadcast where I teach business and legal concepts using pop culture and celebrity news. If you are in the startup phase of your business and you need, uh, you know, some legal guidance, hit up your girl, go to linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm and book yourself a free 15 minute consultation today. All right. Um, okay. We've got some comments that just came in. Kells Butter said, I think it's pretty broad because there are other stories about people looking for treasure. Absolutely. Um, Miss Hayes Tech said, sorry to this man, but he's digging for gold without a map on this one because it's too many variables to this story. Absolutely. 
when you are trying to copyright something or claim copyright infringement, it has to be specific. So if they had maybe had characters with the same names, the same descriptions, you know, same scenarios, then it's different. Remember when we talked about that Colombian reporter who sued um, Netflix for the Narco series because she said they stole portions from her book when she met Pablo Escobar in a hotel and Pablo meeting with reporters. Do you know how many, um, you know, and I'm going to use the term, do you know how many ladies Pablo Escobar probably entertains in hotel rooms? Like, it, it takes more than a broad idea. You really need to show that there are specifics in the story that, that are undeniable, Okay. Hello, Gerald from Legal 1911. What an interesting name. Okay. All right. Okay. Moving on to our next story. Um, uh, so I asked, I, I, I did another poll today. I asked you guys if you prefer Nike versus Puma. Um, 67% of the people who responded in the poll said Nike, 33% Puma. So I'm going to ask this group right here. Um, are you team Nike or are you team Puma? Give me an N or a P depending on which team you are. I am team whichever one is on sale. <laughs> All right. Let me know if you are team Nike or team Puma. While you do that, um, a while ago we talked about this. Um, Nike has been trying to trademark the word Footwear, F-O-O-T-W-A-R-E, not W-E-A-R, but A-W-A-R-E. Um, Kel's Butter said both depend on the shoe. Miss Hayes said I'm with you. Yes, right? So Nike's been trying to trademark footwear, W-A-R-E, um, for their line of, open arms clean said P, for their line of, of shoes that are embedded with technology. So they're saying, hey, we're coming out with a bunch of shoes that are going to have, you know, gadgets and doodads and all manner of, I don't know, computer chips or whatever y'all put in the shoes now today. And we want to, you know, protect this shoe, this shoe line. We're calling it footwear, W-A-R-E. And Puma um, has been opposing Netflix, uh, not Netflix, <laughs> has been opposing Nike. They're like, Footwear, W-A-R-E, is very generic. There's tons of shoes out here coming out with technology in them, and we don't think that Nike should be able to trademark that term. So before I tell you what the result of this, um, what the result of this trademark opposition was, I want to know what your thoughts are about Nike trademarking footwear, W-A-R-E. Do you think footwear is a, uh, has, is it a generic term um, within the, the sneaker community? I know that there's like a whole sneakerhead lifestyle. I don't know nothing about that. But, you know, is footwear, W-A-R-E, a word that is common in the sneakerhead community? Is it? Does anybody know? Where's Zephyrina? I know her son is a sneakerhead. Um, but uh, Nike basically was like footwear. That's our invention, and we are using it to uh, to refer to our shoes that are coming out with you know whatever type of technology we're going to put them. I think one of them they're coming out with some self lacing shoes, things like that. Okay. Um. You you don't you don't think it's generic. Um, since you're 39, can you, can you clarify your don't think so? Let me know what y'all think. Do you think that footwear, W-A-R-E, 
Is that a specific enough term? Is like is is it is it a generic term within the sneakerhead community, or is it unique enough that Nike should be able to trademark it for their line of shoes that are coming out with you know pieces of technology in them? What y'all think? What y'all think? Mm. Mm-mm. What do you guys think? Okay, so say that or not, I think it's just me and you. I don't know, maybe people are driving. I'm going to give you all the benefit of the doubt. Do what you got to do, okay? Anyway, but going to the result of this case, the judge actually said, um, Nike, you can go on ahead and trademark footwear, baby. Um, Gerald from Legal 1911 said it will cause confusion. The judge, the judge did not agree. The judge has given Nike the go-ahead to trademark footwear, W-A-R-E, for their line of shoes that, you know, have technology in them. So there will be, you know, a line of Nike footwear coming, you know, to a store near you probably in the next year or so. Um, Miss Hayes Tech said, all I hear is more money for shoes. Girl, I will wait till they are on sale at Marshalls and uh, Ross. Uh, Kells Butter said, no, it's not unique enough because for those who can't read and spell, it will not make a distinction. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Very good argument. Hi, Mary Estime. Um, Sincere39 said it makes sense. It is, it's a play on software, I assume. Absolutely. Sincere39, it is a play on software. Um, Kells Butter said, well, the judge has a vested interest. Why do you say the judge has a vested interest, Kells Butter? Why do you assume that the judge has a vested interest in this Nike versus Puma suit? Let me know. Hi, Canna Cape Cod. <laughs> since they not said who can't read. Since, since they not, there's plenty of people out in this world who cannot read. There are a lot of functionally illiterate people running around, okay? All right. Um, I think, okay. Moving on to our final story of the evening. Um, while Kells Butter um, lets us know why the why he thinks the judge has a vested interest, um, I asked earlier if any of y'all have eaten at In and Out Burger, um, and uh, everybody who responded said no. So I don't know if the people who are watching now are the same people who responded in the poll. But if you have eaten at In and Out Burger, Please give me a burger emoji. Canna Cape Cod has eaten at In-N-Out Burger. Okay, thank you. Um, anybody else? Uh, so as far as I know, In-N-Out Burger started out as a West Coast chain, and they've slowly made their way, you know, across the USA. Thank you, Canna Cape Cod. Sincere 39 said, do they have them on the East Coast? I'm not sure if they have them up north. But apparently they do have them in the South. They've got a few in Texas um, because that's um, what's happening with our, our next story. So there is a, uh, a burger, a small burger chain out in North Texas called Country Burger, okay? They've been in business since 1973. Um, they've got three locations in North Texas. And on their menu... They have uh, selections called the Double Double and the Triple Triple. Here's the problem. In-N-Out Burger has trademarks on the terms 
double double and triple triple. They uh, secured the trademarks in 1973, renewed it again in 2008, and renewed again in 2012. Okay, um, they uh, In and Out Burger started opening locations in Texas in the year 2011. So. In-N-Out Burger, you know, they're doing their thing, and they find out that's, uh, I guess, I've never eaten at In-N-Out Burger, so they they ha- they have trademarks on these things, so I'm assuming it's on their menu. They found out that this country burger, these country burger locations have double-doubles and triple-triples on their menu, and they send them a cease and desist. And the owner, at first, was, like, ignored it. She was like, this has got to be a joke. Who is going to trademark double-double and triple-triple? But she kept getting these notices from In-N-Out Burger's um, attorneys saying, girl, you need to stop using these phrases. Take them off your menu. Um, so this uh, this this uh, burger, this small burger chain that has been in business since 1973 basically has a major decision to make. They're going to have to change the name of their entire menu that they have had for over, what, almost 50? Almost 50 years, almost 50, right? And um, now, In-N-Out Burger is offering to pay for, you know, reprinting and signs because they're going to have to change a lot of things. But is that, and it, like, do you think that's enough? That that's There's so much work that they're going to have to do. Like, it is In-N-Out offering to pay for the, you know, flyers and signs like that. It, how is that, is that going to be enough to help country burger recoup and this is also why it's important for you to do your research and make sure you're not using other people's trademarks okay um since 39 said is in and out where they had those big burgers i have no idea i've never eaten there hey she's a dogette kels butter said because this company already has enough that just doesn't make sense to allow them to go forward i really don't know if he has a vested interest Oh, you don't, okay, um, Kels, so you don't, you don't know if the judge had a vested interest, you just think because it just seems weird. Well, intellectual property law, again, it's kind of blind, it doesn't care how big or how small you are, all right? Um, okay, but going back to our Country Burger story, so Country Burger is gonna have to change their menu, their signs, um, you know, all of that, things that have, that they have had in place since 1973, because they did not pay pay attention to trademarks, right? And the um, the owner of Country Burger, she's like, you know, I really don't think they should have been allowed allowed to trademark it, but she can't really fight it at this point. So they have to come up with with you know a whole new a whole new idea, a whole new scheme. And this is why it's important that you protect your work and make sure you do your research before you start naming your products out here in the world. Okay. All right. So. Whew, uh, Canada Cape Cod asked, when did they trademark it again? So In-N-Out Burger trademarked, um, double, double and triple, triple in 1973. It was renewed in 2008 and then again in 2012. So they've been keeping it up. Okay. All right. So those are the stories that I had for you tonight, guys. Um, thank you so much for tuning in and hanging out with me. You know, I love the participation. It makes the show so much more fun. Um, we're going to be back here tomorrow with more stories at 8 PM. Um, make sure that you tell your friends if you missed the NPL nugget, we have started our copyrights segment. You can go back and watch the, uh, watch the, uh, the beginning of the show. Um, it's going to be up in a few minutes. 
what else? Make sure you book your um, one-on-one sessions with me. Go to Linktree forward slash NPL Consulting Firm. Make sure you pick up the Protect Your Biz ebook bundle so you can learn about trademarks, copyrights, and patents so you can protect your ideas out in these streets. Um, do you guys have any questions for me before we turn out, before we um, turn down for the night? I've got a couple of minutes before we have to, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Before we have to sign off, remember we're talking about copyrights for this entire month. Last month we covered trademarks. If you've got any questions about business formation, I'm going to give y'all like 60 seconds to get your questions in. What else do I want to tell you guys? Ooh, uh, my tablet is about to die soon. So please get your questions in quickly so I can respond to them quickly. Make sure you are subscribed to the YouTube channel and the podcast, okay? I'm trying to get that YouTube shmoney. Help your girl out. (laughs) All right. But if you guys don't have any questions, I'm going to leave it here. Take care of yourselves. um, And I will see you tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Bye. Wait, hold on. We got a question. Kels Butter said, (coughs) oh, excuse me. Kels Butter said, what if you already have a name but haven't copyrighted it yet? Is it too late? Okay, so Kels Butter, if you just have a name, you don't copyright a name. Usually when you're trying to protect a name, it's because you want it to be the name of your product or the name of your business. You want that name to represent your products or services, so you would want to trademark that. When we are talking about copywriting, we're talking about if you write a book, or a poem, or a song, or you choreograph a dance, or you make a painting, or, you know, you create a computer program. So these things that you create from your imagination, right? But if you are trying to protect the name of your product, right? Um, like, let's say, you know, I, I'm, I, I want to trademark Kells Butter Hair Pomade, whatever. That, um, th- that is something that I would trademark. I would not copyright that. Okay. Um, but now if we're talking about in terms of trademark, you want to, you want to trademark as soon as possible. You also want to do that with copywriting as well, but you have to decide whether or not you need the copyright or the trademark, depending on what you're trying to protect. There is no such thing as a poor man's copyright. Ladies and gentlemen, there used to be this thing where, you know, poor man's copyright, take your, your, whatever you create and mail it to yourself. That does not exist anymore. If you do not have a legally registered copyright, you cannot go to court to sue for copyright infringement, at least going forward. They changed that rule a few years ago. So there is no such thing as a poor man's copyright. Thank you for bringing that up, Kells Butter, okay? All right, so... If we don't have any more questions, we're going to end it here. Kels Butter, thank you for those questions. Those are awesome. Uh, We will be back here tomorrow at 8 p.m. Have a great night. Bye.